Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com, midweek Wednesday. Lots of sports action to talk about. We'll jump off the sports page as we always do here in the Two Guys at a Mic show. Big Dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Other side of the glass, producer extraordinaire David Olson will be with us through the 58 minute and 42 second ride that is. The two guys and a Mike show. We got lots to talk about in baseball. Cubs win their second in a row. White Sox win their seventh in a row. Hottest team in baseball on the south side of Chicago right now. All we have to do is get fans to show up. NBA playoffs. Oklahoma City knocked off with the San Antonio Spur. Big Dog is going to have some details of that. The NHL Stanley Cup starts today. French Open. A shocking upset. Which we will talk about, uh, USA and Brazil in a friendly today. We got the NBA draft lottery, all kinds of things to talk about. We will do it with my semi-esteemed guests. He is a man, he is a myth, he is a legend. He can be all those things at different times. He can be all those things at the same time. And his greatest dream in life at some point is to pose in Popular Mechanics magazine wearing nothing but a tool belt. Sorry to disclose that, but I had to do it in full disclosure. The big dog, Joe Wadwanski. Big dog, how are you? Well, Coach, I just want to let you know that luckily my the owner of Water Riders, uh, the place where I am the the tour guide and, and get stuff done for him, he has given me the gift, the greatest gift any person has ever given me. Quite honestly, he has purchased an East Bank Club membership. Oh, wow. And I have been working out at East wow. Bank the last week. That I'm is be, out. I am going to look so freaking good in that tool bowl. You have no idea. This is not, it's not, my, no flab hanging over the tool bowl. Tool bowl. <laughs> but the problem is the hammers and stuff are going to be hanging a lot lower than most other things. But it won't matter. Okay. Because last time Big Dog worked, worked out, last time you worked out without, without your uh, underwear on, somebody yelled, four! Thank you very much. Yeah, not good. Not good. Thank you very so, much. So, uh, uh, I thought I thought the gift originally when you you know I thought maybe the present he was going to give you is he deleted the picture of you wearing nothing but a tool belt that was going to go in Popular Mechanics magazine but the the subscription to East Bank uh, that that's outstanding and besides getting fit big up you will be able to rub elbows among other body parts with some of the beautiful people some of the most prestigious and influential people in the Chicago area I expect some great guests coming on the show in the near future. Uh, they're everywhere in there. So honestly, <laughs> no, no, honestly, this is going to be, it's, they're everywhere. I walk around and, and you know what the funny thing is, is because, uh, if people don't know me out there, I'm kind of jacked. I'm right now I'm about 211 pounds. I'm 6'1 and I don't really have much fat on me. And I work out really hard. I always have. 
But this is the first weight I've lifted in like two years, coach. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm really, I want to get in real good shape after this. But like when I walk through there, I dress like a freaking bum. And I've noticed like when I see like Roberto Garza or any of the other like ex bulls, it's, it's funny. It's like the professional athletes go in there and they dress like they're like 21 years old training really hard. Do you know what I mean? They dress like bums. They cut. And everywhere I go, I notice like little kids looking at me and like old men. And I was like, these guys have never paid a second attention to me at all if I was outside of this gym. They all think I play like a professional sport. I'm not kidding you. And it's like, so, because every guy, if you're either really, really out of shape and old, or you're like in ridiculously good shape, and that means you're like a professional athlete. So, I'm not trying to say I look like a pro athlete, coach. But it's, I've been getting the looks now. It's weird. I get all this, like these billionaires walking by me. How are you doing? Like, you wouldn't have said hello to me if I was outside of this building. It's it's kind of, it's a strange feeling, but I've always wanted to. It's been a dream my whole entire life to have a membership at this place. And mm-hmm. I say to my boss, you know what? I know it's real expensive, but I have a sports addiction, and because of my sports addiction, I'll be walking down the street, coach, and I will pass a bar that'll have a game, and I'm like, oh, I want to watch that game, and I'll go in. Next thing I know, I just dropped thirty five dollars, you know, drinking beer. This happens to me consistently. It, it won't happen to me anymore. I'll, okay, you know what? I'll just go to the club. I can go over there, sit down on the couch, and watch a game without spending like 35 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks on beer. Next thing I know, I lose my wallet at the end of the night. I'm like, we have a story on the show. So that's not going to happen to me as much anymore. Because all during the day, I have a place to go watch the Chicago Cubs, which, thank goodness, this is. Yeah, and I but want to talk that. about the uh, Chicago Cubs as they uh, start to build the streak. I'm predicting a bounce back from the 12-game losing streak to a 12-game winning streak. But uh, for those that are uh, not in the Chicago area, not familiar, the East Bank Club, one of the oldest. Uh, no, no, 1980. Well, that qualifies as one of the oldest of the newfangled, if you could call it that, fitness centers. It was kind of, uh, you know, it came before the all the other uh, fitness clubs for the most part. It was kind of a stepping stone. I remember my dad actually knew one of the guys that was going to be one of the uh, creators, the owners, the investors. And my dad actually became a minor uh, investor in the oh. East Bank Club. And it turned out to be an obviously phenomenal investment. And I think... Somewhere, somehow, Big Dog, that we've got a reservation for a parking space somewhere at East Bank. So if you ever get a car, I might be able to hook you up with a parking space. Um, that that would be awfully, awfully nice, Coach. If I got a car, my life would actually go against everything that I'm standing for. I want to mm-hmm. move to the city of Chicago, but that could be used for uh, Lily the Lilac, because I have every yeah. intention of after going there. I have to be successful enough that I could afford to buy her a membership off. I have not been in there in a longst, longst time, probably well over 10 years, maybe even meandering near the 20-year mark. I've heard it's it's unbelievable now. And like you described, not just a a fitness club, but it's got, you know, the restaurants, it's got bars, TV screens. It's uh, pretty much all you – really, you could never leave the place. No, no, I I don't don't have to. Coach, they have business rooms, and they have – I haven't found everything yet. I've been there now four times since I've been a member, and I still haven't found any of the ten basketball courts. I walk, I, I, I next, I walk into like a movie room. I'm like, what the? It's three and a half acres and three stories, and then plus also the rooftop. Which I went out there yesterday. Oh my goodness, coach, the rooftop. There's a lot of women with a lot of time on their hands that just don't do anything but just <laughs> sit on the rooftop. Wow. I've heard about oh, the rooftop. Never mind, what, never mind. what happens on the rooftop stays on the rooftop. I, I've heard about that. Our good friend, uh, 
Listener St. Louis Larry, big time St. Louis Cardinal fan. St. Louis Larry, I've talked to, uh, and he is an avid, avid, everyday user of, of the East Bank Club, and he's, he's told me a little bit about the Rooftop Club. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to be like part of that Rooftop Club, because besides the membership, that's about all I have in common with most of the people there. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, the Rooftop is good. I, it, I've been blown away, Coach. Everything that I dreamed it would be, it has been so far. It's been mm-hmm. It, it has been ridiculous, and you don't have to leave. And, like, I was looking at the food prices. I promise and stuff I'll never eat there. But then I looked at the prices. It's like $9 for a wrap, and I saw the person eating. The wrap was gigantic. And I was like, oh, they treat you good here. So it's uh, mm-hmm. my boss. Well, check this out. My, coach, I'm not paying for this. I was actually contemplating I should spend $170 a month. Well, it costs. You could spend 107 a month, but I think you got to initially put a down payment down, right? Well, the, for the, the privilege because this year, yeah, again, it's like five grand. Well, yeah. this year, I am the lead tour guide on the tour, the, the kayak company Woo! for water riders. Wow! And we're giving out two tours a week at, at East Bank Club. So East Bank's like, you know what? We'll waive the initiation fee. We realize this guy lives out in Aurora. Mm-hmm. So blah, blah, blah. And, you know, well, let's make it as easy as possible for him. Well, my boss decides to pay for it for me. I'm not talking about just getting the initiation fee. He's like, has paid for me to actually be a member of them. So I'm, you're talking about a gift coach. I mean, all I did was bring up I've always wanted to work out here, and he's a member there. And he's like, okay, Joel. And he's like, you did, we had the best year ever in the history of our company for 16 years. Triple the biggest year they had before. Nice. Like, no problem. Perks, hair. baby. It's all about the perks. Beautiful back hair. Bobby just emailed in. He wants to know if you have yet to uh, visit Pablo's Man Bar and Rub Down Room. I think it's I towards the. Found s- that yet. You have. I have not found it. <laughs> I, I still. You see. I, no. Now most of the time I'm going to be in Chicago. They have quiet rooms, coach. So I'll actually have a place supposedly to go and do the show every single day. Wow. Where we won't have to worry about like a, a train going by or an airplane crashing mm-hmm. or uh, a dog barking or biting me or who did it. So, so the show's going to be in good hands and things will be moving forward <laughs> in a very, very good thing for us. That's all I'm saying. I can see in about, in about one month you're going to be in Pablo's rubdown room doing the show. It could be a, could be an entertaining show. I, I personally, I think you wandering around on the cell phone doing the show. We get the trains, we get bicycle crashes, we get crazed pedestrians, we get you uh, arguing or yelling at uh, your non-English speaking uh, in-laws. in-laws over mm-hmm. at Lily the Lilac. I think it's part of the charm of the show, Big Dog. Oh, okay, of course it's, that's uh, just me. You know, well. I would like to have a little more settled down. I know I'm sure David will, because I can't yes. even imagine what he has to do yes. with the sound over there. Yeah, David's like a true professional. You know, he likes things done properly, and you know that's his problem. I prefer David not- almost got hit by the train. That was for real, by the way. That wasn't a joke, Coach. I don't know if you know that that day when I almost <laughs> no. got hit by the train. Yeah. I, one train went by, and I started walking, and then all of a sudden another train went. It was it was like six feet in front of me, but quite honestly, wow. I. I I honestly did not know that train was there. Wow. 888-463-6748. Phone lines open uh, here in the city of Chicago, thetalkzone.com. Two guys at a mic. Again, lines open. You want to talk some baseball? Maybe you're an East Club member out there. You want to give Big Dog some advice, what to do, what not to do at the uh, East Bank Club or fitness clubs in general. we got to talk NBA playoffs, Big Dog, the NHL. And, uh, you know, you, you nailed 
your Indy 500 prediction as our auto racing expert, but you may be losing your tennis expert mantle because your prediction in the French Open was one of the Williamses will win a scintillating, integrating prediction, and shockingly, big dog, Serena Williams gets upset in the first round. So you may have lost your tennis expert mantle. And that was 99.9% of the Williams sisters that I thought about had a chance at winning. Yes. Because I don't think Venus is going to be able to do it. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And is another amazing stat. This, I mean, this lady, she's been playing tennis, what, for like 15 years? Well, I don't know if she's a lady. You've ever heard her talk to those judges, those sideline judges. I'll call her a young woman. Uh, she uh, She's never lost in the first round, Coach, ever, of a major tournament. It's in so what is it? She was like, what, 30? And I don't know, what, 30, 40? I don't know how many. She's, she's been around for 15 years. She plays in all of them. She might be like 50 and 1 now all time in the first round of a major. That, to me, is mind-boggling when you think about how great she has been during her career. Yeah, uh, it's a, amazing. And obviously her sister Venus still got a chance, too. But that I was shocked, too, when I saw that stat, that that's the first time ever in a major getting knocked off in the first round. By the yeah, way, she I mean, got beaten by a, a, a lady that was ranked 111th, uh, Virginia Rosano. Never even heard of her, Coach. Virginia Rosano. A lot of people will now. 111th ranked, and they knock off the number one. Part of the beauty of sports, Big Dog, you never know. Things are not guaranteed. Upsets are part of the beauty of it. We've seen it over the 10 years we've been doing the show, and that was a major upset yesterday. Yeah, It's a major upset, but, you know, I'm not really shocked. First of all, she's really old. Okay, I mean, like, she's been playing for, like, 14 years. Something like yeah. this is bound to happen. And also, in, in tennis years, she's old. Yeah, you know, massive. Yeah, she's ancient in tennis years. Any, any, if you can play tennis for more than, like, six, seven, eight years, the grind of all those tournaments and, you know, three-hour battles every other day for, you know, weeks on mm-hmm. end, it's, it's a grueling sport, Coach. Well, yeah, but think about this. She remember about, was it last year, about a year ago, she said, well, I really don't love tennis. I just do it because it's a job. And she meant that. You know, like her dad used to drag her out to it, and she realized, hey, I'm awesome at this. I, I could win and make a lot of money. You know, it's not. I, I'm sure it's not hell for her. Hopefully mm-hmm. it isn't. But it is, she never would have won. You'll be and happy to know, by the way, Rod Wanska did come out victorious yesterday, but it was not uh, Agnista. It oh, was Agnista. Ursula. Ursula. U-R-Z-U-L-A. I don't know if that's a sister or relative, but uh, you'll be happy to know, Big Dog, that a Rod Wanska did advance to round two. Oh, that's good to know. Did Agnieszka even in it anymore? Agnieszka. Or she's gone up to go model it or whatever. God, God bless you. Uh, I, You know what? We'll have to check that out. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye. Keep an eye on the French Open. And I believe, uh, did I hear incorrectly? Maybe I was dreaming this. The, the Tour de France is about to begin? It, it has to be. No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. No, no. Maybe I, maybe I uh, was a sports. Saying, uh, Tour de France is July. Coach. Okay. All right. Might have been. A, well, July, I got news for you. July is not that far away. But uh, whenever uh, it comes, me... whenever it happens, we, of course, uh, as always, will be the only radio station to uh, give you stage-to-stage coverage of the Tour de France. Yes, David? It starts 30 days from today. Wow. June 30th. So 30 days to the Tour de France and 61 days to the Olympics in London. Big dog, I can hardly wait. So, yeah, don't, we can't forget it's uh, it's Olympic here. Now, when are, are the Olympics in July? I mean... August, please tell me yes. August. Well, uh, no, they start in late July. Uh, I want to say July twenty eighth. I know because we have our one summer vacation planned, and I'm not happy because we're going to be driving to North Carolina, driving back, and we will be mobile 
during, I think, the first two days of the Olympics. Not happy about that. Well, uh, I'll, I'll be able to watch all of it, hopefully, at the club. But I'm making mm-hmm. sure I do not miss the 100-meter men final in the because in, the, in the sprinting because Usain Bolt's going to run a minus 9.5 this year, Coach. <laughs> it's going to be the greatest moment uh, in the history of track and field. He's going to run a sub-9.5 uh-huh. 100-meter uh, dash. Wow. Think about it. He, he is not the world champion because of some stupid false start rule that he totally got robbed on. And right when it happened, the whole world was like, you got to change the rule right now. Let him run. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. I, I think you he, know, you've you talked about it. I've tried to feel the love that you have for track and field. But, Big Dog, I became a hook, line, and sinker, a track fan. Uh, and I think I explained before my son joined the uh, track team. Quit mm-hmm. soccer and became a runner at the school. And I, to be honest, you know, I've, I've seen a race here or there. I'd never in my life had actually gone to a track and watched a track meet. And by the way, they could last about four, four and a half hours, but, uh, uh, totally, totally hooked. Phenomenal sport. I watched the running races mostly. They're unbelievable athletes. And like you said, the sprinters, the power, the power of these guys is just unbelievable. And they're all cut, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They all look like they could play weak outside linebacker for the Chicago Bears or, right now or strong safety yeah, or something. Those or, guys are jacked. Or strong side linebacker. And then you got the distant <laughs> runners, the distant runners who look like uh, Agnesta Rabwanska. Very, yeah, waif- very waifish. Yes. Well, Agnieszka Radwanska looks more like a, a, a linebacker herself. That girl's ah, got the I got the on. wrong Radwanska then. Yeah, you, you do. <laughs> but, you know, the reason why I could no longer – like when I when I was in junior high, coach, you know, I, I played baseball on like the youth league teams, but on the Jefferson Junior High track and field team, I yep. threw the shot put, threw the discus, and I was actually really good at it. But you're exactly right. Uh, you know, I was not as fast as the Garrett Samples at Jefferson. There was no way I was going to be on the hundred meter team, so I was on the chucking teams. I would throw everything, and we would sit around for like six hours. And see, you know, I was like, forget this. We had three little tournaments when I was at junior high. Mm-hmm. Each one got longer than the other one. Yep. And, you know, I got all the ribbon sport, and I was like, you know what, there's no way I could ever do this because to sit around for five hours, yep. I, it was not good for me. It's yeah. the best. But I tell you this, as as a boy of 13, I went to every – I found the good-looking girls at, uh, at all the different little junior highs that were in the area during that. So I, mm-hmm. it did give you an advantage, those, those five-hour lay-arounds. But uh, <laughs> I, I'd always get in trouble. You know what I mean? I'd have to go see the, I'd have to go see the, the principal because of Leave not listening to the coach that really wasn't my coach during <laughs> the, the track and field. Uh, field. Big was, dog, I always said you were ahead of your time. I just never knew quite how early you were ahead of your time. That's that's very um, forward of you. I like that. Take it, taking I, advantage of the waiting time. You know, that's, that's creative use of free time. Hopefully you didn't get too creative. Well, I mean, how could you? You know what I mean? I mean, I was going to take the, I was going to take a bus home, a school bus home. I mean, how creative could you get? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Big dog and a coach with you right up until eleven o'clock. You said you watched the uh, Cubs game yesterday. Big dog and the beautiful auspices at the very fancy East Bank Club. We know David Olson, producer extraordinaire, was at the game. Cubs win two in a row. Big win, five to three. And uh, David, I guess the highlight of the game was your friend that you went with, who had been. Th- I think yesterday's words were: had every game you've gone to him with, 
He's been thrown out of every game. He broke the streak yesterday. Broke the streak, yeah. Isn't that nice? How, what, how close did he come, though? How close did he come? And, and not, not, even, not, not, not even the slightest bit. He's mellowed in his old age, apparently. So oh, that, that's good. That's good. But you said the guys behind the you. guys behind us got tossed. Yeah. What were they doing? <laughs> they were they were they were uh, heckling the right fielder. So you were in the bleachers. Yeah, we were in the bleachers. Yeah. We were we were right we were right on the uh, Cajun right field. Oh, cool! All okay. the way down. Uh huh. Right right at the right on the basket, I should okay. say. And the guys behind us were hassling the right fielder. And uh, it was a long game. It was, like, close to uh, three hours long. Uh, and as the innings went on, they got a little bit more brutal and a little bit more and a little bit more. And finally, around the eighth inning, they got they got tossed. Did they get a warning first? No, they didn't, get, they didn't get a warning. The warning was that the usher came down and stood at the end of the aisle. Ah, that's... And they just, yeah, it's like... All right, that that's kind of yeah. like a silent warning. You see that, you better back off, yeah. and they didn't. Mm. I think David yeah, Olson's a lightning rod, big dog. You know, first it's his friend getting thrown out. The good news is the friend doesn't, but the guy's behind him. I think it all, it's like six degrees or seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It all comes down to David. Oh, were they swearing, David? When they started swearing is when they got pitched. Okay, good, good. I just, just want to let you know, this this was my brother's, uh, like, post pre-dinner party to when he got married. I forget exactly what it was. But all of us went to a cup game in the bleachers, okay? And Ricky Henderson is in left field. Ricky Henderson is my favorite player of all time. But I made it a point, to, since he was playing the Cubs, to attack Ricky. I didn't swear one time. One time. Did not swear. I was with my mom, okay? And, my, like, and then, like, nephews and stuff, okay? Well... This woman comes down and was like, we're going to throw you out because you're being too hard on him. I'm not kidding you. The people in my section, like, started yelling at, they're like, he's not even, like, people I'm not even with started yelling at the woman after she had warned me. They're like, leave him alone. He hasn't done anything wrong. I don't know. Maybe she was a Ricky Henderson fan. I am not kidding you. I yell out, Ricky, they're going to throw me out because I'm riding you. And he like, he's like, don't leave. And he said something back, like, like, pro me. I'm not kidding you. Ricky was loving it the whole time. He was like borrowing at me, and it was it was like the people in the bleachers would have been upset if I was thrown out at the point. Mm-hmm. And they started chanting "King of the Bleachers." You can ask my mom or my brother; they were in tears over this stuff. You've, you've in so, the past, you've given us some helpful hints of, uh, you know, and I've always been the guy saying even booing, I think, is kind of inane and stuff. But you've always said there there's a way of. Hackling, there's a way of talking, way of boom, but there's also a line that you can cross for the young kids out there, big dog. And don't forget now, as school comes to an end, our clientele becomes a little bit younger here. So be careful of uh, what you do say. You are influencing the youth of America. Not really, but I thought I'd say that. What are some of the do's and don'ts? Where's that line that you don't want to cross and be the obnoxious fan and still be uh, kind of humorous? You know, absolutely do not swear. You know, I would go with my, like, an accent. She's like, you were swearing the whole time. I wouldn't have sworn one time. Just that she, like, like she just gets upset that I would start yelling at an opponent's player. I like going to White Sox games and yelling at White Sox fans. I mean, White Sox players in the middle of White Sox fans. That's always tough. You, you have to be a tough person to do that, okay? But that's the whole thing is don't swear. And, and if you're going to say something disgusting and not swear, if you know what I'm saying, you have to make an allusion to it where an adult would understand it, but 
people around that are maybe of the younger vintage don't know what the heck is going on, mm-hmm. okay? And if you can't yell, if you're going to yell something disgusting and can't do it that way, then you can't yell something disgusting. You have to stick with the fact that yep. these guys made an error in a certain big game in their career right on their baseball stuff. That is the best stuff, okay? That is the best. Mm-hmm. Or if you really do have information from, like, a guy that works at the Drake Hotel or or the Westin, because they say it's the Westin, but trust me, a lot of players get the room at the Drake because it's just down the street. Or <laughs> yeah. they get the Intercontinental. But you know what I'm saying? Hey, you get $150 per diem, they go get a last-minute room over at the Drake at, like, 2 in the morning, and you get a real good deal at that point. You know what I'm saying, Coach? <laughs> so basically you're saying uh, you score points if you do your homework a little bit. You know about the the, the uh, group or the person you're you're heckling that that can add to the uh, mm-hmm. humor and the effect. I've also noticed when I'm with the big dog, and it's only been a few times, so I can't say this is a scientific study. But it seems to me one of your strategies is you are able to get the group around you. You know, first impressions are important. You're able to draw in and attract the people around you so they become your support base. And then when you start huckling, heckling, you're looked at in a different light where if you didn't talk to these people, you know, they look at you kind of the obnoxious guy. Is that a, I don't know if you do that consciously, but that seems to be one of your strategies. Well, when I go to a game, I want everybody to have a good time because a lot of times the people that are in the game early, they don't get to go very often. You know what I mean? Everybody except the opponent's third baseman when you're on the third base side. That is true. And, and you know, the key, the key without question to getting, because you're going to have families around you. Yeah. Okay. And when, uh, you know, you'll yell something, and it'll happen. One of the kids will yell something, too. You immediately laugh, and you high-five the kid, okay? And then, all, that, and, and like, it all brings everything together. And, like I said, you don't, don't swear or anything. And, like, I, I, just say I go to a Brewers game this year, okay? Um, instead of yelling, hey, Ryan Braun, you have herpes. Okay, I'm going to make sure I have the name of the girl that he gave the herpes to. Now take it easy. Okay? And then I'll be like, "Hey, did you give something to whatever her name is that will never that will stay with her like luggage?" And everybody in the uh, see, that, will know what's going on. Do you yeah. know, but I didn't yell, "Hey, Braun, you gave some B herpes." You know what I mean? Yeah, I, see, that, that to me, you'd be. Uh, I would disagree with you there. If I were, if I didn't know you, I'd be the fan telling you to shut up. I'd I'd probably be calling the ushers over asking well, for your because, evacuation just because I yell out a woman's name. No, hey, what? Talking about who you know who who you might have gave herpes to that that's that's Coach, over, that's uh, one step over the line, sweet Jesus. I just said you don't listen to anything. I just I just said to you I would not yell. Hey, Braun, you gave a girl herpes. Oh, I would yell out. Hey, what did you give into the girl's name? That's what I would yell out. Okay, I apologize. So you why don't you listen to me? That's, that's I wouldn't say the word herpes. I would yell out the girl's name that he gave it to. It's a fine line. You're walking out a fine line right there. At any rate, some some very helpful advice. Is there a pamphlet or a website, a big dog, people can go to? Uh, have you ever written this stuff down, or is it all no, instinctual? It's going, be, it's going to be coming out on this. If you go to thisyearman.com, Beautiful. I give any helpful hints on, on uh, how you can go to a Cub game, how to attend them. Beautiful. I have a blog on that. And the, the do's and don'ts, well, this is I'm going to write a do's and don'ts of heckling. Is there a picture of you wearing nothing but a tool belt in the Popular Mechanics magazine on that site, too? Not yet. I have not been okay. picked. Yes, David. The yes. What the guys were doing, <laughs> it, it, it was Chris DeNorfia, who they were uh, heckling. Chris who? DeNorfia. God bless you. 
Yes, he's the Padres See, I right would fielder. Be yell, I would be calling him Chris Donofrio. <laughs> what I would yell Donofrio the whole game is what I would be yelling at him. What they were doing, which I thought was clever, is they were they had they were pulling up his Wikipedia page. There you go. There you on go. their iPhone and heckling him, heckling him about his Wikipedia page. Oh man, I forgot about that. And, oh, I was going to say Google. I, that's I didn't get. I, I always Google the guy and get as much information as possible. <laughs> As, as I possibly can. Wikipedia page is good. Oh, that's outstanding. I forgot about that. The social media adding uh, to the repertoire that the heckler might have. What about the game itself, David? Any uh, interesting thing? Good ball game? Cubs? Well, yeah, well, yeah, here's an interesting thing. Apparently, the ladies are big, big fans of David DeJesus. Really? I, I was shocked. There was a whole section of them. Wow. Just, yeah, yeah. David DeJesus groupies. How about that, Big Dog? You know what? I've actually seen a lot of that in the Twitter world. It's a little uncomfortable, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> oh goodness! Best player out there, a, a, out there on the field yesterday was Carlos Quentin. Man, do I oh, miss yeah, that he, guy? Uh, he is awesome. I, I'm not kidding you. He's a Cub killer. If there's any Cub killer in the history of Cub killers, he doesn't have enough at bats to qualify, but he's in there, David. That guy yep. never the Cubs. Yep. If he could ever. Stay healthy. He would be absolutely phenomenal. Three, uh, three for four with a towering home run. And he was just coming off of a significant injury, right? One of his first games back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, somehow the Cubs survived five to three. By the way, Big Doe, a couple of guys we have not talked much about. And again, Cubs fans, Sox fan, we'll talk about the Sox in just a second. Eight eight eight. Four six three sixty seven forty eight phone lines open. Talk a little baseball. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Dial it up. User friendly sports talk radio. Coach and the big dog at your service. Uh, two guys that came in at the end of the game, dog. Sean Camp and James Russell quietly. And I know the bullpens had their struggle, but those two guys have really been good, and they saved the game yesterday when it looks like the Cub were going to blow one. Yeah, well. They are not any part of the bullpen that has struggled because, you know, obviously you're not going to be perfect all year, but they have been consistently good. And yesterday, Dale Swain called Sean Camp the MVP of the team. Yep. I would not argue and with I, that. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not, he's the manager. I really don't have a better name than Sean Camp, so it's so far a third of the way through the year. Mm-hmm. He's right. Now, hopefully somebody else can step up. You don't want a middle reliever doing yesterday that. Yesterday he came in, Samarja, Jeff Samarja's becoming a legit major league pitcher, whether you call him a one-two, whatever you want to call him. He's he's solid, mm-hmm. consistent. You're getting that good production every game out. Very, very good. But uh, he left yesterday a little bit of a trouble. Uh, the Cubs had got a 4-2 lead, but he had given up a triple, so it was 4-3, to three, runner on third, nobody out. Sean Camp comes in, big dog, and strands the runner on third, Big-time pitching performance by Camp. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he, Camp ends up getting a hold out of it. James Russell gets the 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 save. But, I mean, Sean, Sean Camp deserved the save in that game if, was, if, was, if anybody deserved that. And, and getting back to Samarja, Coach, he gave up eight eight hits. There was a lot of runners on base all game long, okay? But he didn't give up uh, – well, I quit and hit the home run, but he didn't mm-hmm. give up too many. Because we were talking about that was one of the hardest wins blowing out. Yep. Supposedly, because like that's what uh, Patton and Keith were talking about, and Len and Bob were talking about it too much. It was just gale force wind blowing out. So, kept the, kept David, the... you were there. That must have been that must have felt awesome. Because if it's ninety five degrees at Wrigley, you definitely need a nice breeze in your face because it's not so bad at that point. Yeah, it was. I mean, the breeze went away. 
around the seventh inning, and it was a brutal last couple innings. And especially when they run out of beer. Can't get any after the eighth. <laughs> White Sox knocked off a Tampa Bay 7-2, to big dog hottest team in baseball right now. Our Chicago White Sox are still struggling to get, well, 20,000 fans per game is not Horrible, but it's not great either. The fans need to start coming out. But bottom line is the White Sox playing phenomenal baseball. They win 7-2. to two. Seven wins in a row, 11 of their last 12. I don't think, even as much as you know baseball, Big Doe, I don't think you saw this coming. Uh, I, I really didn't. I, I, I told you I thought they were going to win 75 games this year. I knew yep. they weren't going to be horrible because their, their starting staff was – their starting pitching staff is a good starting pitching staff. Yep. But the, the thing is that so many people that were just absolutely horrible last year are having really, really good seasons. Alex Rios and Adam Dunn, forget about not being, like, ridiculously bad this year. They're good. They're having really good seasons, and that's obviously the difference. And plus, Chris Sale recently thrown in and just being dominant. This team has a legitimate shot at making the playoffs as, as we look right now because the, the Tigers' woes that we knew they would have going into the year, we didn't know how much it would affect them. It's looks like it's affected them greatly. And unless they go on a huge run like the Tigers did last year, I would have to say the White Sox are the favorite to win because I don't see the engines keeping all the way up the whole entire season. I, I can't imagine that. I, I see the Indians as an 80 and 82 team coach. The Tigers uh, lost run. again yesterday. Boston knocked them off six to three. White Sox for the first time, I think, all season. Certainly the first time in a long, long time. Take the lead in the American League Central Division by a half a game. We talked about two days ago. Chris Sale now starting to get a name and as a big time Major League Baseball player and a star of the future, if not the current. There's another guy, big dog, on the White Sox who I think is he's not there yet. But similar to Chris Sale, he's right on the precipice, if I could use that word. Not even sure if it's the right word, but I'll use it anyway. And that is Dayon Viseido, who is just hammering the heck out of the ball. After an early slump, he's up to 280. He was 3-for-4 yesterday, I believe. The White Sox have themselves a legitimate top-notch hitter. Yeah, he he's a squattier version of Carlos Lee. If you know, he's got a long way to go to have his career, but that's, he kind of reminds me of that. He he hacks at everything. He hits line drives all over the place. He's been as advertised. He's he's legit coach. He was worth the investment. Has I, a that, presence at the plate, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, he's come up a little slower than we thought. But yep. you know what? Even uh, Jonas Suspedes, the greatest player ever from Cuba, he's come over here and struggled a, a little bit. So. Sometimes it does take a little bit of adjustment period for these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, takes a while to figure it out, and it's kind of fun when a guy does figure it out. The White Sox patience with him, and I don't want to jinx him. I mean, obviously things could turn. There's no guarantee, but it appears he has indeed figured it out. He's flipped the switch and become a legitimate hitter. Now you got him and Canerco back-to-back, Gordon Beckham starting to hit Adam Dunn, strikeout, 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 but then a home run. He's a threat. Suddenly the White Sox lineup, I'm not going to say it's the best in baseball, but if you're a pitcher, you're you're a little bit worried an hour before game time pitching against the Sox. Okay, well, Paul Canerco is in the middle of the lineup, so we, we talked yesterday just about how great he is. Adam Dunn has 37 RBIs, coaches third in the American League right now. And and, and like, that, like I always say, you're exactly right, those strikeouts, strikeouts, strikeouts. Yeah, that hurts you. You don't move up runners and you know blah, 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 but... If you're third in the American League in RBIs, I can handle uh, you leading the, you know, yep. leading the American League in strikeouts also. Mm-hmm. 
or as I forget if it was you, David Olson, or someone said, the good part about Adam Dunn striking out is that it, when he does, he does not hit into a double play. Yeah, there's true. there's the glass half full approach, huh? Because he's well, not, he exact, uh, not exactly not exactly a speedster. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Phone lines open. Dog and the coach at your service right up until eleven o'clock. Got some other sports to cover real quick, big dog. Saw another picture of the paper, semi-sports related, that I think you'll appreciate. And it, it, it kind of goes back to, was it last week or the week before, when it's just odd couplings of people. When we saw with the NATO conference, or there was some conference before him, was Sean Penn, in all his flared-out hair, was between uh, Angela Merkel and the Dalai Lama. Yeah. I thought that was a great combo. Well, Barack Obama gave out the Medal of Honors yesterday. And there's a picture in the Tribune, I think it's on the front page, maybe page two, Pat Summit, the women's tennis coach, next to Bob Dylan. That's, uh... <laughs> I just, I just appreciated that combination in the same, I would have liked to have been in on that conversation. I'm, I'm sure Bob Dylan was nothing but respectful to Coach Pat Head Summit, but, uh, <laughs> uh, do you think he knew who she was beforehand? No. I don't even think he knew who she was afterhand. <laughs> how about does she know who he was? Are uh, you? How does you, coach? Pretty focused. Pretty focused on, on basketball. Come on, that's uh, some of the greatest songs of all time are Bob Dylan. So, right. Rainy Woman number twelve and number thirty-five. That right there, that song alone. Uh, you know, Pat had some that knows that song, coach. <laughs> hey, it's Pat Summit now. She's, she's dropped the head. That was a, a marriage that uh, she prefers to put in her past. Just like the picture of her and a shirtless Bruce Pearl. And I think she was wearing, no, Bruce Pearl was wearing a cheer, cheer well. No, it was a shirtless Bruce Pearl, right? And she was wearing the cheerleader outfit. Yeah, she wasn't shirtless. Okay. No. No, 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 no. All right, moving right along. Thank you very much. 888-463-674. Oh, one other little note here popped up on the Twitter. Some guy just talking about how he caught 605 smallmouth. Now, you are our outdoor hunting and fishing expert here, and I just Twittered him back with the question, what's better, catching 600 smallmouth, or would you rather catch 10 bigmouth? I'm just asking. I don't know. I've, I've been around some bigmouth before, Coach. I, you don't want one, unless you are the bigmouth. I'll go with the 600 smallmouth. All right. Thank you. we got to do one of our outdoor hunting and fishing segments pretty soon, or not. Or not, but it is that time of year, Big Dub. That's a segment that has been popular with a certain group of our listeners. Others of them don't appreciate it, but you got to have kind of that twisted sense of humor. But you've uh, you've had a long reign as our outdoor hunting and fishing expert. Uh, you know, I have to admit, normally when you're doing that, I'll have a line, but you keep on reading, and then you end up taking my line. I Really. It's just kind of strange how that happens. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. Where do you want to go, NHL or NBA? I'll let you make the call. Uh, either or, we got plenty of stories, because last night, San Antonio looked like an offensive juggernaut. It, that was some fun basketball to watch San Antonio play in the first half. Uh, they take a 2-0 lead in. And then now we got Miami and the Celtics tonight. 
but I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm kind of I don't I'll, I guarantee I will be watching hockey over that game tonight. So mm-hmm. That's all I can tell you, coach. Yeah, I'm not sure I could watch game one. I might start tuning in about game six or seven. But your uh, enthusiasm over the San Antonio Spurs does not go without attrition. It's it's uh, just amazing to watch them. They do it. In a non-spectacular way, it's methodical. It's a little bit of old school. They really move the ball, make the extra pass. So much fun uh-huh. to watch. And Big Dog, it is a streak that uh, not enough people are talking about. Now, they've won 20 games in a row. They're still undefeated in the playoff run. Yeah, if they could, uh, if they could win uh, the, the game at Oklahoma City, they'll break the record for the start of a playoff without losing. With the Los Angeles Lakers from a couple of years ago with Kobe, so yeah, that's that's incredible. You know, and, and you think about this team, coach. Do you remember when it was like the early Duncan and David Robinson and, and Bruce Bowen, and they would they were the defensive juggernaut. You know, yep. nobody could score on them, and then they didn't turn the ball over. Well, with with San Antonio now, they're too old to play tenacious defense. They can still get stops when they need them. But, you know, they just don't have the athleticism to defend like they used to. So now they just play perfect offensively. And they just play perfect offense. Flawless yeah. off, and they just outscore you now. So they, just, cool. they, they, they cut you up. It's like a mm-hmm. sharp knife going right through a butter or through a fine steak. They just cut you up and they chop you up. They don't do it with great, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if it was a judge judging uh, diving or gymnastics, you know, the degree of difficulty, they're not going to get scores of 9 or 10. They just... They just get the job done. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And Oklahoma City, I saw, I didn't see much of the game, but what? Westbrook, 27. James Harden went off. What did Harden get? 30? I don't know, but yeah, he was being real effective. And he was, uh, he really helped get uh, Oklahoma City back into the game by like mm-hmm. driving a hoop and aggressive. Kevin Durant had his regular great game. So the big three all scoring at or above their average got to be a little bit psychologically discouraging because they're playing. Great offensive basketball. Those three guys have their games, Big Dog, and they still lose by nine points. That that hurts. Yeah, but uh, psychologically, they they are acting like they came out victorious because uh, San Antonio was winning by twenty the whole first basically two and a half quarters, and right at the end of the third quarter, uh, Oklahoma City started playing like street basketball and mm-hmm. started. Uh, doing it up and playing, and then all of a sudden they got right back into the game. So all of a sudden the Thunder are like, hey, we figured it out, Okay. and we're going to go home and hold court, and we're going to come back to San Antonio 2-2. Right. Well, they better figure out winning the th- game three before three and four. So you think head coach uh, Scotty Brooks, and again, any NBA fans out there, you want to chime in with our NBA basketball expert, Joel, the uh, the big hoop, Radwanski, 888-463-6748, the phone number. You think the message in the locker room right before the game from uh, diminutive but effective, Coach Scotty Brooks is going to be guys, uh, you know, we got all the X's and O's down. Bottom line is go out and play. Get up and down the court. Don't think too much. Let's just get out there and play. Do what we did in the fourth quarter. That You think that's going to be their strategy? Well, I, I, I would have to be right now because – if they start trying to match up and out X and O and half yep. court the San Antonio Spurs, they're <laughs> that's not going to work out for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hmm. Eventually, uh, Russell Westbrook is going to turn into the chucker who won't pass, and <laughs> it, it'll be yeah. that's what'll happen. So yeah. you might as well just let Russell Westbrook don't think to just run out there and and play some basketball. That's probably right. the best thing for Russell Westbrook. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock tonight, big dog. Uh, I know you and your family will be gathered. It's a family tradition, probably third in the Radwanski tradition behind the 
Christmas gathering, Thanksgiving, and then the NBA draft lottery. Um, I know it's an emotional moment for you, but the Charlotte Bobcats will probably get the first selection, correct? No, 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 they, they most likely won't because of the 18 draft lotteries where they have gone to this current process, the number one team has only got the, the got the number three times, three out of 18. That's not good for Michael Jordan play. and the Bobcat. Have, have they come close to replacing the Los Angeles Clippers and the heretofore mentioned Elgin Baylor as the, the joke slash regular visitors to the NBA draft lottery? Okay, well, let's face it, the Bobcats are an expansion team, okay, and they've been absolutely horrible, but you're talking about less than a decade of abysmal, okay? The Clippers were abysmal for three, for two generations, 30 years of basketball coach, okay? So, I, you know what I'm saying? To, to really give them the Clipper mantle, yep. Yep. that's... I mean, that's really nasty to say about an organization. Because, like, the Clippers are so bad, it doesn't – they weren't bad. Like, no basketball team is going to be that bad again. So you have to look to the whole world of American sports to move that mantle, okay? So, like, is it the Cubs right now? Are the Cubs wearing it? I mean, that's how bad. You know what I mean? I want to say Elgin Baylor at the NBA draft lottery was like Dick Clark at New Year's Eve. Oh, it was phenomenal. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, he was at the draft lottery so often that I can't remember. Is it, it's not Flip Wilson. I'm trying to think of the African-American comic that was always on in the 70s. I get them confused now. Every time I see them, I only think of him as Elgin Baylor from now on. His name was like Cookie something. Oh, uh, oh no, no. I know who you're t- he looks like Elgin Baylor. Uh, Nipsey Russell. Yeah, no? Nipsey Russell. Yeah, I, I, I swear to you, every time I see Nipsey Russell, I can't think of his name. I'm like that's Elton Baylor, and I just think draft lottery. So Nipsey Russell has now turned into the joke draft draft lottery like image for me. Oh, so thanks, coach. All right, anybody with time on their hands tonight? Seven o'clock, the NBA draft lottery. The Bulls, fortunately, will not be part of it. NHL hockey, the Stanley Cup Finals, big dog uh, begins tonight. We talked about an eight seed going up against a six seed, but most people think the eight seed, the LA Kings, are the favorite. And I guess. They were kind of the favorites at the start of the year, right? They had a bad start, fired their coach. Daryl uh-huh. Sutter takes over. They've So they're kind of an underdog, a favorite turned underdog, turned favorite. Would that be a somewhat accurate description? I would absolutely say that. And considering we would all agree that regular season hockey is completely different than playoff hockey. Yep. It's kind of hard to judge a team on its whole season, but we can judge them on their previous three playoff series because this is the rosters that they've had. And the, but let's face it, the Kings are better than the Devils. The Kings should be favored in this in this series. The Devils are going to have to play better than they've played in any of the previous three series mm-hmm. in order to beat the Kings. How close? Do you know how close were the Kings? The eighth seed, they were the last seed. How close were they to not even making the playoffs? No, do, do you remember how much it was like the, the Kings could have went anywhere from like missing the playoffs to getting like the sixth seed over the last couple? And then, like the the Hawks could have fallen out, and like the Flames were involved. It was it was they were battling the whole way, but it it was really close. So they they were an eight seed, but they were only like two points behind the Blackhawks, who were the six seed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that big of a uh, of a difference, you know what I mean? And we're talking regular season, like oh you had oh you had a shootout loss, oh well you get a point for that, congratulations, you know what I mean? So regular season hockey and their standings and their scoring, don't, that doesn't mean a dang thing. It's 
they have made it a joke with this whole shootout stuff, Coach. So, mm. uh, you're exactly right. They are the favorite. Forget the AC with this team. And I completely, I always forget, you know, they were supposed to win this year. Everybody was picking them to win. This team is loaded. So, yeah. All right. We like will uh, see. Is it a uh, best of seven battle of attrition? Similar to the Celtics um, Heat series. I don't know that I'll be tuning in a whole lot to games one, two, and three, Big Dog, but. As the series develops, I hate to say it, but that's probably when I'll start uh, checking it out. Well, I, I'm not going to be. I'm luckily going to be working over the next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, the way I look at it, and there's another reason why I want to watch game one, the series could be over because the Kings can end up sweeping the series, at, you know, mm-hmm. 4-0. And the first game is usually the, most, the only game where there's some tension involved in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's in New Jersey, isn't it? Or yeah, I think sure I think the higher seed gets to host the uh, opening game. But if they had a better record, just because they're an eight seed doesn't mean they had a, a lower. Point. They had the worst record than the six seed. And good point. So I'm, not, I'm pretty sure it's in New Jersey. But this truly is one of those East Coast conference, like uh, mm-hmm. West Coast conference, from Los Angeles all the way to New Jersey, going back yep. and forth on the travel. Yep. So. Little titillating tidbit, the news and note in the world of sports. Uh, I think both you and me have become fans of the HBO Hard Knock series featuring a particular professional football team. They finally found the team, but I guess, Big Dog, the story was they could not get a National Football League team to agree to having all the cameras there in their uh, preseason training. Finally, your Miami Dolphins have agreed they'll be the featured team on the Hard Knocks HBO show. Yeah, and that, and the and the Dolphins are just trying to sell tickets. And let's face it, it's Miami. You got to try to sell tickets. They they are the worst fans in all of sports outside of maybe uh, the Atlanta or Minnesota fans. Okay, and talking in the overall general fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if the if the Dolphins are favored to win the Super Bowl, they come out in droves, and then when they lose a game, they boo them and don't come back. So I know there's a lot of stuff to do in. In Miami, any when if you can walk into a restaurant and a thong bikini is okay, there's a lot of other things to do besides go to a, uh, a baseball or football or basketball game. That's okay, pretty, we all know that. That's a pretty good analysis of it. I don't know if that'll be in the research report to the marketing department of the Miami Dolphins, but uh, that pretty much sums it up. Now, the Hard Knock Show, I think we both found a pretty entertaining. Um, the Miami Dolphins, Tony Spatano got fired. Help me out. The new head coach of the Dolphins? Is uh, former Green Bay Packer offensive coordinator Joe Philbin, who basically oh. needed to get out of Green Bay after right. his son died from the from falling through the, the ice. Got ice that. He tragically lost his son, and what was it? About a couple of months later, he gets the, the his first ever NFL head coaching job. I would say weeks later. Wow, days maybe even because it was before the the it was like two days before the Packers lost to the Giants. And then it was right after the Super Bowl when all the signings for the coaches wow. went. So you're thinking like a month later. What was the accident again? How did his son die? His uh, uh, his his son was out on the ice ice fishing and the ice crack, and he went in. And Oof. you know, you got I got to tell you something. If the the scariest feeling ever is uh, having boots on, okay, and being stuck in water when there's ice. I fell through the ice once. A kid by the name of Brian Beachler got me out. Unbelievable! The scariest moment in my life. I was like seven years old, wow. and I can remember everything vividly, like it was yesterday. The you whole actually, you time. actually fell into the water below the ice. 
Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, not below the ice. The ice went through. You know what I mean? So, okay. like, the ice is, like, on the side. Uh-huh. And the, the kid, Brian Mitchell, like, ripped, he went out there and, like, grabbed me and, like, threw me up. It was, I was, it was, I was only in the water for, like, I would say 20 seconds, Coach. I never That's... struggled or anything. It was amazing how quickly this kid did this for me. I would think 20 seconds in that situation, that would be an extremely long. Maybe the fact you were seven years old might have helped, but an adult falling into the icy waters like that, 20 seconds might be about 12 seconds too long. Yeah, I, I wasn't, because this is like, uh, I was basically in a dugout area where they were putting in this, like a, a condominium, mm-hmm. real close to uh, like where our, our subdivision was. I am not kidding you. I got out and like both, I, was, I don't even remember saying thank you to him. I know I did the next day, but, like, both of us were like, I'm going home. Like, and he was like, go home. And, like, I was just sprinted home, which was about a mile away. I I, I probably ran my first ever sub-six-minute mile <laughs> when I was eight to seven. And I did it in, in moon boots and soaking wet clothes, Coach. So. Oh, goodness. I still remember as a kid, as one of the earliest visions that I have, probably aged Three, maybe four at the most, big dog, where I, not ice, but I fell in a swimming pool. I was not able to swim at the time. Uh-huh. And I think it was in the deep end of a public pool. And I still, to this day, I can still remember the vision of the clear blue. is very chlorinated water, but I'm floating backwards. I'm looking up, and I can still see feet kicking. You know, a bunch of people with a feet kick. I still had that vision, not necessarily, by the way, associated with any great fear. It's just a picture, a vision I had, and good old Uncle Al came in and rescued me, thank goodness. The lifeguard, I think, was hitting on some other female or something like that. He, was, he wasn't he was paying attention, but Uncle Al came and saved me. Uncle Al, heck yeah. Yeah, we've I'm talked, about, we've talked about Uncle Al before. You remember Uncle Al? Yeah, I, I, Uncle Al's always, uh, always helping out. I'm just surprised that Uncle Al let you go to the pool anyways, considering uh, the polio scare. <laughs> Uncle Al was the guy, David, who had a uh, Blackhawks game back in his day, and Uncle Al could drink some beers, and he got a little a little boisterous. But uh, back in those days, the boards were not that high at the hockey games. Well, apparently there was some fight on the uh, ice, the original six days, and some of the fans started coming onto the rink. Well, he had had, you know, one, two, three, seven, or eight beer. Apparently, and I wasn't there, but from what my dad tells me the story, he, you know, Mr. Macho, Uncle Al, jumps over the, the boards onto the ice, looking around for a fight. About four seconds later, Big Dog, some guy comes up, clocks him, and within, with under five seconds, he was down on the ice, passed out. <laughs> that was the that was the end of Uncle Al's appearance on stage. Thank you very much. Oh, oh goodness. Great. All right, Big Dog, uh, waterriders.com today. Given the uh, kayak tours, I would think it's an El Primo day today. No, no, no. no. What? Come on, give me a day off. Oh! Give me a day off. We'll, we can, we'll hook you up. We'll set you up oh. with a point. Okay. Any fan of the show basically gets the best deal that we have for the whole for the whole tour. What show. website do they go to? And then also to check out the blog and other happenstances for This Year Man. Thisyearman.com. Or if you email me, thisyearman at Yahoo, I will hook you up with a spectacular. Friend me on Twitter and direct message me. This year, man. Do we have any uh, scheduled appearances for this year, man? Uh, There's going to be many coming up soon, Coach. Believe it or not, somebody saw one of my videos, and they're like, I'm going to publicize you, and and they're drawing up a contract. They kind of like want to own this year, man. I don't know. I'm a little worried, Coach, because he's also of Indian descent. 
not Native American. Yep. But I would have been a for you. So be careful. I, I, be careful. Keep your distance. By the way, a back here, Bob, emailing in and say it said uh, that East Bank's Pablo's Man Bar and Rubdown Room. He said mm-hmm. this year, man, would probably be a big hit there. Uh, you, you can't go in with your boots on, Coach. So I, I won't. I won't go in. How about chaps? You can't go in those. <laughs> All right, big dog. Have a great day. We'll uh, talk tomorrow. We'll uh, fi- try to figure out how the Cubs have won three in a row. Okay. That's what's going to happen today, baby. Cubs win. Cubs win. Big Dog and the Coach back at you tomorrow with Memorial Day off. It's like, hey, you think tomorrow, well, already we're at Thursday. We're starting to think about the weekend coming up ahead. But here it is, back at you Thursday, tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have an outstanding day. We'll see you tomorrow at 10.